Welcome home to the sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known by forever, daddy. Oh, how we love you so. I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Come on, yeah, yeah. Roll up your sleeves, it's going to be a bumpy ride, amen? All right. Father, we thank you for your word, which is always chain-breaking, shackle-smashing, bondage, deliberating. Father, we just thank you that it is hope-encouraging, strength-lifting, Lord God. We thank you for your word and the anointing that breaks the yoke in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys know I like to start with a quote every morning, right? This morning, I'd like to start with a quote from a Stephen King novel. That'll scare some of you and get some of you excited. But I also want to do this morning, I want to dedicate, I've never done this before, but I want to dedicate this message. That was funny? I want somebody's tickling that girl. Where is she? I want to dedicate this message to my friends in West Palm Beach. The family, amen. Let's give them a hand. That's the family that took us in last week and just loved on us and gave us a refreshing time, took care of everything, and it was just a, a, a beautiful time. And I want to dedicate this message to them, not only because of what they did, but because the inspiration for, for it came from some conversations that we had together last weekend. See, my friend told me about a Stephen King novel titled The Dark Tower. It's a set of novels. And in this western sci-fi type of uh, novel, there's a gunslinger named Roland. And Roland had, had made it his life mission to find the dark tower, and none of that really matters. But throughout the story, there's a phrase that is always mentioned whenever anyone is about to do something shameful. Or, or when someone isn't trying hard enough, or when someone is giving up and someone is considering defeat. That phrase is my quote and the title of this message this morning, Remember the face of your father. Did that just weigh on you for a moment? Remember the face of your father. And listen, it's a series of books that tell the whole story. And I didn't have time, obviously, to, to read them all. But, but when I heard those words, the, they instantly shook me. And, and it stirred something inside me. And I knew that very moment that I'd be speaking that, those words here this Sunday morning. Throughout the series, I'm told the phrase is used as a warning and, and as a way to focus and as an encouraging word. They, they, they're told, remember the face of your father. And the reason this came up is because after meeting this family, because, you know, remember the, 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 the man was my best friend in high school. High school. I haven't seen this family in 23, 24 years. And we reconnect. 
God's in God. I mean, God's timing is unbelievably incredible, right? And so we reconnect, and, and he flies my entire family down to West Palm Beach to just get a break, to just spend time and just get to know each other. And so after a night or two of, of just spending time with them and getting to know, he's got two young boys, and those two young boys just impressed us so much. We fell in love with them so much that it, it, it came to a point where we were in the car one time, and, and this came about because my wife asked them, how were you able to raise young boys like that in this society? See, these boys are in their 20s already. They're in college. They're bright, level-headed young men. And he tells us one of the things he always does is reminds them, remember the face of your father. See, he tells them whenever you're making a decision or, or you're about to do something or not to do something, whenever that moment comes when you're deciding, is this a good idea or should I go through with this? Do I really want to do this? Remember the face of your father. What would it do to me? How would it make me feel? What have I taught you about it? Before you do it, before you go through with it, before you make any major decisions, remember the face of your father. I've been telling my girls that ever since. <laughs> and they tell me, stop that, you're creeping me out. But it's because I can't help but say it without the Darth Vader voice. Remember the face of your father. And so I guess that's what's creeping them out. But, but I can't help but say it that way. And I've been working on not saying it that way. But, but the, the moment he just dropped that on us in the car, we were just driving. And, and my wife and I looked at each other. And she already knew that that moment, that, that message was going to make it to here on a Sunday morning. And so here it is. Because you see, the word, that word is so powerful. And hopefully, to, you know, so even more powerful to me, to, to us here hopefully. Because when we hear it, we not only think of our father, Right? Whether he was a good father, whether, whether he was a father that, that stuck around, whether he was a father that we could be proud of, whether he was a father that, that actually taught us how to walk and taught us how to talk, or, or whether he was a father that just broke out and was never there. But, but when we think about it, when I hear that, I think of my heavenly father. Amen? And, and I, I think of the father that tells me, I am God's workmanship. I was created in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2.10. When I think about that, I'm reminded that He created my inmost beings. He knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and His works are wonderful, Psalm 139, 14. See, and, and that means whenever I'm going through, whatever I'm going through, whether I'm scared or if I'm worried, I remember the face of my Father, which says to me, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. 30, Deuteronomy 31.6 hey, It reminds me, be on your guard. Stand firm in your faith. Be men of courage. Be strong. 1 Corinthians 16.13 It reminds me that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? It reminds me that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, 2 Timothy 1.7. And besides, it reminds me that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
that every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, he shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord, Isaiah 54, 17. And see, no matter what I'm going through, whether I'm in doubt, whether I'm wrestling with confusion, I remember the face of my father who told me, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your ways path straight, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It reminds me, commit to the Lord wherever you do and your plans will succeed, Proverbs 16, 3. And see, and then there's sometimes when I feel like doing stupid things. Anybody here with me? There's sometimes when I, I'm feeling weak, right? I'm feeling discouraged or I'm feeling tempted or I'm feeling like maybe I need to compromise. Maybe I, I should give in in this area. There's times when I just feel like doing stupid things. Is that all right for me to admit? And I remember the face of my father who says to me, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that the God's spirit lives in you, 1 Corinthians 3.16? Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, 1 Corinthians 6.19. And then even when sometimes I still go ahead and do the stupid thing, anybody here with me? Thank God we're no perfect people up in here, right? Even when I still go ahead and do the stupid things and I start <coughs> beating myself up about it and I start feeling ashamed, I'm comforted when I remember the face of my father who says, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me to cleanse me from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9. I'm reminded that he who began a good work in me will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, Philippians 1, 6. When I remember the face of my father, the words ring out, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares your Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and I come to me and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, Jeremiah 29. Woo! Anybody encouraged this morning? See, if we could just remember the face of our Father, we'd walk different, we'd talk different, we'd be different, amen? We'd be a lot stronger, we'd be a lot bolder. Woo-wee. Well, amen, we've been going through the book of John together. We're journeying through the book of John in a series titled, Walk It Out. And it's no coincidence, Pastor Gary did chapter 16 for me last week and so I was left with chapter 17 and just the way it ties in so beautifully see chapter 17 is broken up into three parts and let me let me set the stage for you Jesus is about to be handed over to the hands of his enemies we've talked about the last supper we've talked about the miracles we've talked about the walk that he put them all through the training and everything that they've gone through but at this point he's he's about to, to, to be handed over He's trained his disciples. He's walked it out before them in a way that they can follow. And he's already demonstrated the love of the Father and the will of the Father. The time of, of this ministry now has come to an end. And now he's already been betrayed. He's been preparing himself for this moment in which he would now lay down his life. 
give himself willingly into the hands of his persecutors. Listen, church, I can't imagine having the authority and the ability to destroy anyone that would rise up against me and yet submitting myself to ridicule, to abuse, to beatings, to, to, to mockings, to, to all kinds of, of um, humiliation. I, I can't imagine allowing simple men to mock and ridicule and injure me all the way up to the point where they lay you down and nail you to a piece of wood underneath a sign that even mocks your name. How do you stay on mission like that? How, how do you stay the course? What gets you to the point where you're gasping for breath as life is leaving your body and as you breathe in excruciating pain, you forgive those that have just done this to you? You ever wondered that? How do you get to that point? How do you allow yourself to, to submit yourself to that point where, where, where you, in your last breaths, you're, you're forgiving those that did this to you? I submit to you this morning that the reason the sun, the sun could stay on course, the reason the sun could follow through and do what he was sent to do was that he always remembered the face of his father. Let me show it to you. John 17, broken up into three Easily distinguishable parts. Part one, Jesus prays for himself. It's only five verses long. I had to give you a piece of it. He says in verse two, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world began. <clears throat> Sidebar. Whenever Jesus prays out loud so that his disciples can hear him, it's usually more for us than it is for him. How many of you believe that? See, in this prayer for himself, five verses, he repeats what has been said from the very beginning of John all the way to what he's about to do. Remember how John started in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and the Word became flesh, remember? And Jesus is that Word that was with God in the beginning. In these five verses, he summed up everything that was already been said. He's saying, Daddy, eternal life is knowing you and knowing the one you sent. The whole gospel is right there. Daddy, e eternal life is knowing you, the only true God, and knowing me whom you sent. Everything is summed up in those lines. He's saying, if you know me, you know the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Colossians 1.5 says, when we look at the Son and see the God, we look, when we look at the Son, we see the God who cannot be seen. We look at the sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. In the NIV it says, in the sun we see the image of the invisible God. Oh man, this wrecks people's theology all the time. We say we can't see God, but, but then Jesus said, but in the sun, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. 
That's what the word says. You've seen the image of the invisible God. So we can say that the Son is the face of the Father. So in Jesus, we see the face of the one true God. And he says, I have brought you glory by completing the work that you gave me to do. So he's saying, my father sent me and I've done and I'm about to do everything that he told me to do. And that's why with his last breath, he says, it is finished. It is finished. Everything that you sent me to do is done. Man, can, can we hope at the end of our lives to, to go out in dignity like that saying, it is finished. Not, not, I wonder if I'm dying too soon. I wonder if this is, uh, I'm, I'm praying that it wouldn't happen, but, but I want to be at the end of my life lying someplace surrounded by people that love me, and I want to be able to say, it is and know that I did everything that God called me to do. That I, that, that I served them, that I brought them glory. That in me, everything that he asked me to do, I did. Amen? It is finished. Ephesians 2.10, speaking about us, says that we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I was sharing with this with the membership class on Wednesday. How do we glorify God? How, do we, how, do we, uh, get, get, how does God get glory from our lives? It, it happens when we discover and complete the work He gave us to do. How many of you know that God has not called all of you to do nothing? Right? See, this, this whole thing is, is, is messed up. This is not the way it's supposed to be, where it's one guy doing all the work of God and everybody else is called to sit. Everybody else is called to sit and judge. Oh, sermon was a little long today. Sermon was a little boring today. I like that story. I didn't really get it. I like that one. Oh, that was a good one today. Much better than its usual one. Oh, that was, you know, it's, this is wrong. You understand? We were all called to do something. God did. And so the way God would get glory from our lives is if we do what God has called us to do. Now, some of you say, I don't know what God has called me to do, but you know exactly what God has called you not to do. <laughs> And that we keep doing. But, but at the same time, we're in church saying, God, but I want to know your will in my life. I want to know your purpose. I want to know, well, 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 brother, sister, stop doing what you know not to do. And then maybe you'll hear what God wants you to do. Amen? In the meanwhile, get all the doo-doo out of there, right? Let's, get, let's, let's stop doing what you, oh, man. That's a whole other message. Sorry. Part two. Part one, Jesus prays for himself. Five little verses. Part two, Jesus prays for his disciples. That's from verse 16, 6 to 19. He says, um, starting in verse 8, For I gave them the words that you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. He says, I'm not praying for the whole world. Do you know that Jesus is not praying for the whole world? Whoa. 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 People say, no, Jesus is in heaven praying for me. Pray. No. He's praying for those that are going to accept the words that were given to him. He's not praying for the whole world. So he says, I'm praying for them that accept the words you gave me. He says, verse 11, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Protect them by your name, the name you gave me. What's that name? 
Come on. Is it Muhammad? Is it Allah? Is it Buddha? I don't care who we offend. The word of God says, by the one true God, the name that you gave me, the name that is your name, by that name, protect them and save them. See, he says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them. For they are not of this world any more than I am of this world. My prayer is not that you take them out of this world, but that you protect them from the evil one. See, people, like, loosen up. The son is praying and interceding for you. And you're walking around saying, the devil had me hard this week. The devil beat me up this week. The devil did this. The devil did that. Shut up. Amen? Shut up. The Son is praying and interceding for you if you are indeed one of His. If you're walking the way He's calling you to walk, He's praying and interceding. The devil, God is everywhere. He's omniscient. The devil can be one place at one time. What makes you think that He's in the Bronx messing with you? Are you that threatening to the kingdom of God that the devil will show up at your house and give you a flat tire or, or break your iron? It's amazing the things that we give the, the, the enemy credit for, right? The devil broke my iron so I wouldn't iron my shirt so I can't go to church. Come on, look how we dress here. I don't iron nothing. All right, I might iron a shirt, but you know. You know you could come in here wrinkle. Look around. It's all good. It's all good in the hood. Amen. The son is praying and interceding for those that would follow him. He says in verse 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. And now check this out. Hold on. Hold on to your seats. Verse 18. He says, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them. Oh, oh, y'all should have left before you got to this part. As you sent me, I'm sending them. The Father sent the Son to redeem the world, didn't He? The Father sent His Son to pay the price for sin, didn't He? He sent the Son to be the salt and light of the earth. He sent the Son to reconcile mankind back to God, didn't He? But Jesus says, as you sent me, I sent them. Somebody say, whoa! We have been sent to reconcile mankind back to God. Did anybody catch that commission this morning? We have been sent to reconcile man back to God. Me, you, me, you, you, me, you, me, her, him. We've been sent to reconcile mankind back to God. It's time that we start stop our griping and bickering and moaning and complaining and say, man, I'm a man on mission. I am the light, I am the salt and light. I am the salt of this world. I am the adobo of the Bronx. I came to bring seasoning to this place, man. This place is bland without me. You understand? We're the salt and light of the world. We have a purpose. We have a mission. The Great Commission is our mission. Walk it out. It's not a sermon series. It's a mandate for you and I. In all that we do, we must not forget the face of our Father. Oh, I love saying that. Part three. Jesus prays for all of us. 
Part one, he prays for himself, five verses. Part two, he prays for his disciples, 13 verses. Part three, he prays for all of us who would later come to a belief in the Father. So that means he's praying for those that have not yet believed. Did, Did you catch that? So he's praying for himself, then he prayed for his disciples, and then he prayed for those that have not yet believed. Is that a beautiful model for us to follow? Now let's look at that. He prays for himself in the space of five verses. I say the space because the the verse numbers and all that wasn't in the beginning. We've added that so that we can follow and keep track, right? But it still takes the space of five verses. So he prays for himself in the space of five. He prays for his disciples in the space of 13. And then he prays for those, the non-believers, those that haven't yet believed in the space of seven verses. So if we look at that, the mathematicians, it's five and 20. So uh, if, uh, if David Sr. was here, he'd give me the, the probability of that. But I believe is God gave himself one-fourth the prayer that he gave others. Did you catch that? One-fourth. He prayed for himself one-fourth as much as he prayed for everybody else. Now let's compare that to our prayer life. <laughs> Can our prayer life compare to this? But yet Jesus is teaching us how to walk, right? His whole purpose is is so that we can walk like him, so that we can be like him. He does things that he doesn't need to do. He does them so that we would see him doing and follow. Amen? Do, Do you get that? Do you understand that Jesus doesn't have to do the things that he did? He does them so that we can follow, so that we can be like him and, and give us an example of how to walk. So he, he prays for himself in the space of five and prays for everybody else in the space of 20. Let's think about our prayer lives. We come, God, oh God, my finances, they are kicking my butt, God. The finances, the this, the that, my kids, my life, my house, my shoes. These, I need new shoes. They're these new shoes that are on sale, God. I got to get them, God. This, and, and, and on and on and on and on. In, in Jesus' name, amen. What happened to the... It, you can take as long as you want praying for you. As long as you want. There's no limits, right? As long as you want. But understand, it needs to be one-fourth of what's coming next. We're not supposed to stop here, amen? And, and I believe, man, it, it's just something in us. If we, if we flipped it, if we did the one four, if, if we flipped that and, and said, and man, I'm going to pray for other people more than I pray for me. You'd be a, you'd, man, I mean, you know, you'd be a happier person. You'd be a more encouraging person. You'd be filled with joy. How many know you'd get more probably than you do when you just focus on you? Anybody seen that in their lives? You get more. You get more. When you help somebody, you get more. When you give to somebody, you get more. When it's all about me, 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 and you're counting everything about me, it's depressing, it's, it's stressful, it's, it's overwhelming, it's too much for us to carry. We're not built like that. We're built to love other people. We're built for community. We're built to, to take care of our community. We're built for that. We're wired for that. When we get self-centered and crazy, that's, that's when we lose everything. <coughs> That's when the economy has a, an effect on us. That's when, I mean, everything, if they, God forbid, MTV went down or they canceled an award show. We lose our minds. Because it, it's all about us. But if we say, God, it's all about you. It's all about these people that you surround me with. Things would change. Amen? He says in verse 24, Father, I want, listen to this beautiful prayer. 
Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. And to see my glory, the glory that you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Verse 25, if the worship team could come. Verse 25, righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know you, that, and they know that you have sent me. Verse 26, I have made you known to them, and I will continue to make you known to them, in order that the love you have for me may be in them. I mean, do you, do you hear the sincerity of that prayer? God, I'm praying for these, God, that the love that you have for me might be in them. Can you imagine if that became our prayer? God, everyone that we meet, everyone that we have to deal with, can you say, God, that that the love that you have for me, that that love may be in them. He prays for those that haven't even believed yet. So church, this morning, I want to quote my friend David and remind you this week to remember the face of your father. So whenever you're making a decision to do something or not to do something, whenever that moment comes when you're deciding, is this a good idea? Should I go through with this? Should I really do this? Is this person a person that I should be around? Is this person uh, going to love me the way I love them? Is this person the right one in my life? Come on, let's, let's talk about that relationships, right? Bless you. When, whenever we're, we're, we're going through things this week, I want you to think what it would do to your father. How would he feel about it? What has he taught you about it? Time after time throughout his word, before you do it, before you go through with it, before you make any major decision, brothers, sisters, sons, and daughters, remember the face of your father. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. This might be a tough message to hear, but it's true. If we took an extra moment with every action, with every decision, and thought about how our next move might bring joy to our Father or grieve His heart, we'd do some things differently. In one snippet of the books that I was able to read online, uh, Roland the gunslinger does something that was considered shameful. And so they say to him, you have forgotten the face of your father. Church, could that be said of us this morning? Could that be said of us, the way we've been living our lives, the decisions that we've been making? Could it be said of us, we have forgotten the face of our father? If that's you this morning, I'd like to encourage you. You've been far from God, man. If you've been pushing Him off and resisting the call of God on your life, I'm going to ask you to just stand today. You say, that's me, man. I've forgotten the face of my Father. Maybe you said, I I never really knew the face of my Father, but I'm learning them now. And God, I I, want to remember the face of my Father. Would you stand with those that are already standing?
the beautiful thing is that the Father says to us in Matthew 11, 28, He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden light. I want to encourage those that are standing, those, those that need this word of encouragement, if you would just come forward. Let's just come and stand together. Let's just come and be encouraged this morning. Just come. Come forward. If you're here, man, and you might have this, this vision of God, you've always seen God as this, this hard judge that's always waiting to watch you mess up. And he's counting all the stupid things you did in your life. And he's just adding them all up. And, and, and you have this picture of God on the throne with a, with a lightning bolt in his arms, ready to, to smite you. Listen again to the words of your father. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You need to get this. God says, listen, learn from me. You don't have to know me. You don't have to, to, to already have it all figured out. You don't have to understand it all. Okay? Just, God says, just come to me and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If I could have some on the prayer team, just come and gather around those that are standing. We're going to worship together in a moment. If you're listening, if you're here, if you're listening online, if you're listening on, on an iPod, wherever you are getting this message, I want you to, to, to hear the voice of the Father that says, just come and learn from me. Because I'm gentle and you'll find rest for your soul. The Word of God says that, that all, all that we need to do to be saved, it says that there is no other name in, in, under heaven and earth by which we can be saved but the name of Jesus, the Son who came and paid the price for our sins. And by believing that, we're not joining a religion, we're not joining a church, we're not joining some cult, we're just saying, God, Father, I'm coming to you, God. Show me the face of, of my Father. Show me your face that I would learn from you, that I would follow you, that I would be like you, that others would see me, others would see you in me. worship in a moment. Let's just pray. Father, I just pray for each and every one that's come forward today, God, for everyone that's just made a decision, God, to follow you, to learn from you. Father, I thank you for their hearts. I thank you for who they are. I thank you for the ability to be here. I thank you for the calling, God, that you placed on my heart and on us here, God, that we would rightly divide your word, Lord God. Father, bless those that came forward. Bless those, God, that are, that are making a decision to follow you. Bless those, God, and I pray that you would meet them, that you would speak to them, that they would learn from you, that they would, that they would have their minds open, Lord God, and their hearts full. God, that you might fill them with joy, that you might 
answer the questions that they may have, Lord God, that you might touch them in a mighty way, that they might have an encounter with you today, God, and every day for the rest of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.